Welcome to the Supreme Resort Land V World, the podcast, the podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World and which resort is the supreme resort. We will argue the merits of every facet of each resort until we decide which is better. Each episode will discuss and compare a ride, show, attraction, hotel, or experience and its counterpart from each coast and decide a winner for each episode. I'm your host, Jimmy, and with me as always is Jeremy. Hello. Jeremy from Spectro Radio, that is. Spectro, Jeremy, and Dan. Hello. I'm Dan from, uh, let's say, Terra Squad improv people thing. Terra, Terra Dan. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Get Coveyors. You can get cool stuff like Coveyors. Dan, what is a Covier? It's a way for you to cover your shameful ears the way that God wants us to, um, mm-hmm. because... Mm-hmm. If you don't cover your ears, you are living in sin. Um, and it's very clear that if you if you want to experience God's love, you need to cover your shameful, shameful ears. That's it, right? In a nutshell, yes. And you can also get T-shirts like the famous churro shirt. I wore my churro shirt at Disneyland just this last week. And a lot of compliments, a lot of where do you get that shirt? The answer is churroshirt.com, everybody. Or you can go to Etsy dot com forward slash coveyers and dan's wearing his turkey leg shirt i am so i i wore my churro shirt and i've gotten more than two free churros in the lifetime of that shirt so it is of value if nothing else it'll pay for itself in churros <laughs> all right so churro shirt.com today's episode the case of the castles sleeping beauty v cinderella the format of the show is as follows first the prosecution or the thing that came first will make its case next the defense the thing that followed will make its case. Then we will have a debate where the judge, in this case Dan, will determine whether the points of the debate have merit and will award a point. So we'll go back and forth, and each party will get three objections for the judge to determine. At the end of the debate, the castle with the most points wins. Spoiler alert, Disneyland in Paris wins. I mean, there's a dragon, guys. <laughs> All right. For the prosecution, I will be arguing for Sleeping Beauty Castle. For the defense, Jeremy will be arguing for Cinderella Castle. Acting as Judge Judy and Executioner is Dan. Court is now in session. If it please the court, I would like to share historical story of Walt Disney's very own creation. You may proceed. I won't do that again. All right. Okay, (laughs) Sleeping Beauty Castle. Sleeping Beauty Castle may not be a ride or even much of an attraction, but it has become an icon, not just to Disneyland Park, but of Disney as a whole. In fact, the design has been used as the logo for Disney products for years, which sets it apart from all other rides and attractions or other castles. All right, the inspiration. Most people know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know that the castle is largely based on Neuschwanstein Castle in Bavaria, Germany, but it is not an exact replica. In fact, the castle actually flipped in orientation and also takes inspiration from various French architects including Notre Dame, the hospices of Boone. Few people also realize that it's actual, uh, it use uh, forced perspective, which is a very popular use in the parks, uh, making it appear to be much more tall and impressive than its actual height of 77 feet would ordinarily appear. This technique is also used countless other areas it's used on the businesses of main street it's used at the snow white's grotto which we'll get into in a little bit 
The attraction was included in the original plans for the park, and it is one of a handful of attractions we see on opening day that still remains completely the same, other than some touch-ups over the years, which we will discuss. It was designed by Roland E. Hill. All right. So maybe some debate on this one, the Disney coat of arms. At the front of the castle is a coat of arms, which many fans mistakenly believe as the Disney family crest. There are some debates as to whether or not this is actual Disney family crest, but it was added somewhere between 1960 and 1965. Now, I've asked cast members and I've heard three different variations of the story. So there's a crest. That's all I got. <laughs> it's supposed to be a coat of arms. Okay, so what happens inside this castle? In front of the attraction, the castle, is a drawbridge that actually works. That will come up later. It connects the castle to the end of Main Street. The drawbridge actually works, but it has been raised twice, only twice. Once on opening day and once at the 1983 rededication ceremony for the new and improved Fantasyland. The top story of the castle was originally empty. But it bothered Walt to have such a great space left unused, so he challenged his Imagineers to design something for the area. The result was a diorama of Sleeping Beauty that allowed guests to walk through the castle and follow the story of the princess. In October of 2001, the walkthrough was closed, and Walt Disney, uh, while Disney never gave an official reason, the two most widely accepted stories state that the building violated the Americans with Disabilities Act and that the terrorist attacks of September 11th led the park officials to worry that the tight enclosed space in the castle could be a target for terrorist attacks. While the timing would indicate that the closure was at least partially due in fear of attacks, the fact that there was a wheelchair-accessible Sleeping Beauty experience added to the ground floor of the castle added when the attraction reopened indicates that the ADA compliance was also an issue. So let's talk about the diorama. In 1957, Shirley Temple Black served as hostess for the unveiling. Disney historian Jim Corcus shaped, uh, shared the information about the unveiling of the attraction. The official dedication of the walkthrough took place on Sunday, April 29th, 1957 at 3 p.m. With the Disneyland band playing When You Wish Upon a Star in the background. Walt, of course, was there. Walt Disney himself was there to give the dedication speech. Jack Lundquist... Lindquist, who would later become the president of the park, but at the time was involved in marketing, wrote Walt's speech and remembered that it was, quote, one of the highlights of his amazing career. The other person dedicating the new attraction was actress Shirley Temple, as we talked about before, dressed as a princess wearing a gold crown and a red velvet cloak and accompanied by three children, oldest daughter, Linda, son, Charles Jr., and youngest daughter, Lori. They stayed at the Disneyland Hotel and apparently enjoyed some time at the park that day before the dedication ceremony. After Walt spoke to the crowd briefly, he introduced Shirley Temple Black and told the story of Sleeping Beauty. Then, when with Walt, she cut the ribbon to open the attraction and went inside. Later, she waved to phot photographers and guests from the upper balcony. These are all fun, important facts. Both the entrance and the exit areas of the diorama at the back of the castle had a handful, uh, excuse me, fanciful canopies that reached the medieval fair look, or it matched the fair look, I should say, of the original Fantasyland. Ivan Earl, the man responsible for the look of Sleeping Beauty, was also the inspiration for this attraction. Ken Anderson was in charge of the designing the diorama to be located inside the castle. Using concept art by Earl, Ken and his team completed 11 
dioramas based on the film that had been completed up to that point. So, guys, the film wasn't even done yet. They named Sleeping Beauty Castle Sleeping Beauty Castle before the film was even finished. Yeah, it had another four years before it would before it would appear. But Walt was very forward thinking. Indeed, he was, and it's a he was a great marketeer. And if nothing else, it was a great marketing campaign. All right, so then. In two thousand, or excuse me, nineteen seventy-seven, the walkthrough diorama, diorama was dramatically changed and unofficially dubbed the Barbie and Ken version. I think we all remember that. And it used dolls similar to what could be seen in the Main Street window displays. By two thousand one, the attraction was run down and dated, and guest counts had dropped, thereby causing it to be closed until something could be done with it. Inspired by the release of Sleeping Beauty on Blu-ray. A virtual recreation of the 1957 diorama was created by the Imagineers, spearheaded by Tony Baxter, legend, and Chris Merritt, to add to the disc as one of the extras. In the park's architectural archive, the original Ken Anderson drawings were found as and used and used as inspiration. The results were so fantastic that the official reno- restoration was given and completed by November 2008 with an official reopening of December 5th, 2008 for the true love conquerors all finale. Tony Baxter felt that the flat painted roses would not work well with the side mirror reflections of the particular diorama, a craft supply house supplied white roses and Tony's team labored at the 11th hour to paint red in time for the opening. Now guests could tour the inside of the castle again and see some of Ivan Earle's original concepts. So most visitors recognize the castle serves as a focal point for the Disneyland fireworks show that is seen to operate throughout the entire year. Each fireworks show costs about $41,000 to put on nightly. Traditionally, Tinkerbell will fly to the castle from the top of the Matterhorn to set the celebration in motion, although sometimes another character will do it depending on the season and the theme of the show. The first Tinkerbell was Tiny Klein. She was quite tiny. A circus performer and aerialist who was only four Her name foot. was Tiny? Her name was Tiny and, and she was four feet tall. So we're sure I mean, when your parents name you Tiny, <laughs> your, your destiny is sort of set, right? Like... It might have been a nickname based on the fact that she was four foot ten. Okay. So it wasn't like right. the ironic use of tiny like usually happens. <laughs> Indeed. So what's most interesting about Tiny though is her, she was seventy one years old when she first performed the role. I can't believe they didn't call her uh, young, young, oldie, young, youngster, <laughs> or old, old and tiny. Yeah. <laughs> oldie, yeah. oldie was the original name, and they they changed it. Next. All of the spires on the castle were are painted in real gold except one. There's a delightful story that was left unpainted and unplated in order to celebrate Walt's statement that Disneyland would never be completed as long as there's imagination left in the world. That's very nice. While it's a quite a romantic notion, the truth isn't really as cool. As it turns out, the spire was actually messed up in the 1980s during the castle's refurbishment. The staff believed that gold-colored patina would look better and be easier to work with than the gold leafing previously used. Unfortunately, it didn't work, and the spire now looks dark and forgotten compared to its counterparts. All right, so here's the story of the castle. Okay, I don't know everybody listening, uh, both of you. I don't know if uh, if you know this story, but it it was a one Saturday morning in 1953. Artist Herb Ryman sat down in front of Walt Disney and started to sketch. 
Now, the story goes that Walt came in and was telling them all about Disneyland and said, that, hey, this is this great thing and it's going to change the world. And Herb said, oh, I'd love to see that. And Walt said, well, good, because you're about to draw it for me. <laughs> and when he denied, uh, Walt said, if I stay here with you, will you do it? So they stayed together for two full days to create a visual concept depicting the idea that Walt's amusement park that would appeal to both children and adults. Roy, Walt's brother, was set to leave for New York that Monday ready to pitch the project to financial backers. And Walt wanted Ryman to put pencil to paper in order to illustrate what his part might look like in reality. This is a quote. The one thing he insisted upon was that there be a very, very conspicuous castle because the castle is going to be the symbol of the whole place. He drew a large central fairy tale building at the back of the park suspended by or surrounded by walls and inspired by the Neuschwanstein Castle in Germany. Quote, I made it to help all my friends, Dick Irvine's and Marvin Davis's idea to base it on King Ludwig's Bavarian castle, end quote. Now, later, Imagineer Fred uh, Jorger created a model based on Ryman's sketches, which had developed over the years. When I saw it, he says, I said, well, I don't like it. Ryman studied Jorger's model, which was built to split in half and said, what if we take it and move it around like this? He picked up the top half of the castle and turned it around the other way, so the back of the model became the front. The Imagineers panicked. Walt was due any minute. Turn it around. Put it back, Ryman called. And then when Walt looked over and he says, hey, that looks great. Let's do it that way. So there you go. The way the castle looks was a last-minute change from a model. Another thing that uh, is interesting is the concept of a weenie. So Walt Disney was... Big fan of hot dogs. I think the story goes the trash cans are actually spaced far enough apart that he could eat a hot dog between them, throw away the trash. There's other statistics about they're 20 feet apart because that's about the distance between when people would decide to throw trash on the ground. So if it's 21 feet, you're, you're trash everywhere. But anyway, so uh, Walt would come home, have a can of chili and a hot dog, and he his dog would would watch him. So he would wave the hot dog around or weenie as he called it. So waving the weenie uh, for the dog, they, so something he follows. So the idea of, of a weenie is a focal point or a thing that people will draw people's attention. So all the parks have some kind of a weenie. Um, in this case, of course, it's uh, Sleeping Beauty Castle. So uh, the castle simply wouldn't exist to look good or impress guests. It served as an important purpose. Make it tall enough to be seen from all around the park. Walt had instructed. It's got to keep people oriented. In other words, the castles needed to act as Disneyland's weenie, which Disney legend Marty Sklar described as a visual target designed to lead visitors clearly and logically through an experience. To this day, in Disney resorts worldwide, each castle retains its role of an easy-to-spot central hub that guests navigate more efficiently. All right, opening day. On July 17, 1955, Disneyland opens its gates to guests for the very first time. On that day, the Disneyland security cast member was one of the very first children to run through Sleeping Beauty. His name was Rob Fischel. Quote, every time we went to the beach, we'd stick our hands outside the car and look to see what we could see. Something new, something different. But it was still very hard to imagine anything like that. We had no concept of what Disneyland would be. On the broadcast of opening day, children followed Mickey Mouse and other characters over the drawbridge in into Fantasyland, allowing viewers at home their first extended glimpse of Sleeping Beauty Castle. A few words of dedication for the happiest kingdom of them all, Fantasyland. 
Walt said with a smile. Television host Ronald Reagan picked up where Walt left off, describing the castle and its nearby attractions as a wondrous trip through Disney imagination. So now we talked about this already, about the the residents of the castle, and it's hard to picture Disneyland's now classic castle with any other inhabitant than Aurora, the titular princess from Sleeping Beauty. It was not initially designed with Aurora in mind. Again, the castle opened four years before the film was released. In early planning and written material, it's designated as the medieval castle and then Fantasyland Castle and even Robin Hood Castle. When I was a kid, I thought Mickey Mouse lived there. He did. It wasn't until I got to be much older and then I was like, oh, it's for a princess. I thought that's where Minnie and Mickey lived. Well, rent got too high. Mickey moved north into Toontown. It's all the whole like uh, gentrification. He gentrified Thank you. That's that the word I'm looking area. for. All I can yeah. think of was gerrymandering, and that's totally not uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did that too. Yeah. Like well, yes, they did that with the Matterhorn switching it back and forth. You know. So it made sense. That's right. Uh, famously, the uh, Matterhorn was in Tomorrowland first, and then they moved it to Fantasyland. Mm-hmm. In Fantasyland, they tried it in Frontierland <laughs> for like three days. It didn't work uh. out very well. Uh, it made sense for the castle to exist as a home of Disney royalty, not Mickey Mouse. So just so we're clear, it wasn't always Sleeping Beauty Castle? It it was always Sleeping Beauty Castle since the park opened, but when they were designing it, it was Medieval right. Castle, it was maybe Robin Hood's Got Castle, etc. Fantasyland Castle. Okay. All right. And then one of the other things that makes this unique is the Snow White's Grotto. Snow White's Grotto includes the Seven Dwarfs and Snow White. And it turns out this was like a gift, like an anonymous gift from from somebody. Uh, I think uh, it was a gift from an Italian sculptor, sculptor that had never seen the film, but owned a set of soaps in the form of the princess and the dwarfs. Unfortunately, Snow White was the same size as the dwarfs in the soap set, so the sculptor made them that way. So using forced perspective again, Snow White is up atop uh, like a waterfall, and then the dwarves are all kind of laid down below, so she looks taller by comparison, but they're all actually the same height. That is actually very Im- an impressive use of forced perspective. Indeed. Indeed it is. So last thing I want to talk about the castle over the years. In July 1917, uh, 1995, for the Fort Park's 40th anniversary, they buried a time capsule. They call it the Time Castle. And it was buried at the entrance area of the castle. There's a plaque marking the spot, and it will be reopened on July 17th, 2035 at the 80th anniversary of the park. The time capsule, it basically says this is a time castle. We're honoring the children of the 21st century and do not open until July 17th, 2035. So what's interesting about it is that you can actually find what's buried in the time capsule on account of the Internet. And so... <laughs> As of 40 years later, surprise, this is what we had written down before. (laughs) What, like bell bottoms, eight tracks, uh, what was going on in 1975? 1995, with the 40th anniversary. Oh, 1995. So bell bottoms. CDs. Exactly. In the 90210. (laughs) Flannel shirt. That's right. All right, for the 50th anniversary, in celebration of the 50th, both Sleeping Beauty Castle and Cinderella Castle Boo received makeovers. In Disneyland, the castle was repainted, and five turrets were decorated with stylized crowns, each representing a decade in the park's history. So one of the spires, the creation of uh, the creation of Disneyland is represented by a pair of famous ears peeking up over the horizon to see 
the wonders to come. A World on the Move, otherwise known as the New Tomorrowland from 1967, is represented by rocket ships and accented by opalescent planets. The Blue Fairy represents the debut of the Main Street Electrical Parade. The Indiana Jones Adventure is represented by the Evil Eye of Mara, guarded by snakes. The 50th anniversary of Disneyland is represented by fireworks and Tinkerbell. The gold railings were also added into the second floor of the castle in order to differentiate itself from similar then-current Hong Kong Disneyland's castle, which opened the same year and is virtually identical. The 40th anniversary was also the the year of adventure or something like that. 40 years of adventure because of Indiana Jones had opened. Fun fact. And then finally, the 60th anniversary. For the 60th, the world of color changed to the world of color celebrate. More on that in future episodes. The wonderful world of Disney. Disneyland Park introduced Paint the Night and a new fireworks show, Disneyland Forever. A 24-hour kickoff event occurred on May 22, 2015. As part of the celebration, the castle was covered with diamonds and glitter with a large 60th logo in the center. Carthay Circle Restaurant at Disney's California Adventure was also decorated for the diamond celebration. Most of the decorations on the castle was removed shortly after the celebration, although the decorative faux roofs remained until January of 2018. They know how to celebrate for a very long time. Well, they did quite a bit of damage. They did. The the 60th decorations did a lot of damage, and that's why it just was under such a long renovation, and they needed to um, 3D model the the castle from... from before that, those decorations were put on because they did such damage to the roof. That's right. And so in January, uh, they started re- January of 2019. They started renovations and it reopened May 24th, 2019. And it is beautiful. It was just there in person to see it. I have a question for you. Yes, please. Was Sleeping Beauty uh, Castle ever decorated like a cake? <laughs> As a matter of fact, no. And that will come up later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's funny. Uh, the prosecution rests. Disneyland's Sleeping Beauty Castle is the first and the best. All right. Uh, defense, I think that's uh, – means it's your turn. Um, at what point in the castle's history did they finally eradicate it of feral cats and their associated <laughs> re- uh, urine and feces? Objection, speculation. That's a fair question. Uh, well, see, the feral cats are there to keep the rodent population, the ironic rodent population down. Okay. No, I just wanted to check in on that fact that you, you overlooked that. You know, uh, make your case. It's, it is a fair question, though. For how long was the castle infested by feral cats? Uh, I'll abstain. Inspired by the castle. Noted. Inspired noted. by the castle in the Disney film Cinderella. This enchanting edifice is the iconic symbol of Magic Kingdom Park, as well as its counterpart, Tokyo Disneyland, designed by Herb Ryman, the designer of Sleeping Beauty Castle, which is actually an objection I have for our friend on the other side. He listed someone else as the designer of the castle. I'll let him uh, bring that to the floor when he's ready. (laughs) Standing at an astounding 189 feet in height, more than 100 feet taller than its California counterpart, Sleeping Beauty Castle. It stood as the tallest Disney castle on Earth until the completion of Shanghai's Enchanted Storybook Castle. The castle took 18 months to complete and was finished three months before the park opened. It opened in October of 1971, but it was completed in July of 1971. 
mostly influenced by the late Gothic style of the 15th century. It actually does not use any gold, but instead uses an anodized aluminum to give its gold effect on its spires. The inner structure consists of 600 tons of steel-braced frame with a 10-inch thick reinforced concrete wall. Much of the outside is believed incorrectly to be fiberglass. It is instead a fiber-reinforced gypsum plaster um, supported by light-gauge metal studs. There is fiberglass used, but it is mostly found in the upper exterior walls of the more ornate upper, upper tower. The roofs also are not formed of fiberglass, but instead are shingled out of the same plastic material that is used to make common computer monitor shells. So if you want to touch Sleeping Beauty Castle and you're sitting at your computer, just reach out and caress that monitor (laughs) and you're there. They were manufactured separately and then lifted and permanently bolted and welded into place. Contrary to popular legend that says the castle can be taken apart in case of a hurricane, rather it is designed to easily withstand the 125-mile-per-hour hurricane force winds that hit central Florida. The castle features 27 towers, each numbered 1 through 29. There are two extra because Towers 13 and 17 were actually never constructed as it was determined they wouldn't easily be viewable from anywhere in the park, so they were eliminated. The tallest tower is number 20, but number 23 is the golden-colored tower that stands out most significantly. The moat of the castle holds 3.4 million gallons of water. Crossing over the moat is a drawbridge, but unlike its counterpart in California, cannot be raised and lowered. It is fixed in place. The wonder of Cinderella Castle does not stop at its exterior. Upon entering the castle's walkway that takes you from the hub to Fantasyland, guests can view a series of five handmade mosaic murals designed by Imagineer Imagineer Dorothy Redmond. Uh, sorry, Dorothea Redmond. The 15 by 10 panels are shaped in a gothic arch and took 22 months to complete. The murals are created using just over 300,000 pieces of authentic Italian glass in more than 500 colors. Many of the glass tiles are fused together using sterling silver and 14 karat gold. Guests will note that the faces of Cinderella's stepsisters in the mosaic are highlighted with extra color, red for anger and green for envy. But that's not all. The magic of Cinderella Castles continues. Guests looking for a meal fit for a king or a princess such as Cinderella can have the opportunity to dine right inside the castle's expansive gothic restaurant known today as Cinderella's Royal Table. The restaurant used to be known as King Stefan's Banquet Hall but was changed to Cinderella's Royal Table in 1997 to avoid confusing guests as King Stefan is actually the name of Sleeping Beauty's father. He's not in Cinderella. He was chosen because there are no notable named characters in Cinderella that could be used, apart from Cinderella. Uh, the restaurant is adorned with more than 40 coats of arms. Each is actually the family seal of someone who played a major role in the design and construction of Walt Disney World. So a very nice uh, display, but that also ties back to the reality of who actually put the blood, sweat, and tears into creating this wonderful place. The restaurant And this one... And this one we're sh- we're sure about. It's not just legend or rumor. Is that true? Correct. We know that. Okay. The restaurant also features soaring stained glass windows as well as a collection of other medieval objects. But the magic continues. With um, it doesn't end with being able to dine like royalty in the fairy tale ca- fairy tale castle. Select guests can sleep in it as well in the Cinderella Castle Suite. Are you listening to me over there? The Cinderella Castle Suite, I say. 
I am. You can I'm sleep listening. in the castle. <laughs> and you won't get peed on by a cat unless you bring your own. <laughs> How about a by an alligator? <laughs> no, they're kept at bay because you are a, okay. you are at a tall four floors above the rest of the Magic Kingdom, perched high above. I, I do have a question about that. Do you know how you get selected or how you're able to access them? Well, just stay tuned. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> it's changed. <laughs> I have a question. Years. Yes, Jimmy. Does Donald Duck, in fact, tuck you in? No, he does not. <laughs> nope. I, I, I have information about that. <laughs> I'll share later. The space was originally meant to be a place for the Walt Disney family to stay and entertain guests, similar to Walt's apartment above the firehouse in Disneyland. For a time, the space was used for Disney telephone operations, but largely sat empty for much of its existence. The suite, which contains a large master bedroom and a bathroom, can accommodate up to six guests. It opened in 2006 as part of the park's Year of a Million Dreams celebration. It is furnished with rich tapestries, dark woods, and ornate furnishings, including a seven 17th century desk from Holland. The suite features a clock that is permanently set to 11.59 p.m., so you never turn into a pumpkin. Customizable lighting options, star effects in the ceiling over the large jacuzzi tub, mosaic tiles, stained glass windows, hand-hammered copper wash basins, among many other treats, are available in the suite. In addition to staying in the suite, year of a million – okay, so let me back up a second because you said how, did the, how does one get to stay in here? In mm-hmm. the year of a million dreams, they picked a random family every day for that year and they were selected to come and stay. And you didn't have to worry about your luggage. They would go to your room, get all your stuff, bring it there for you. You were assigned a – you got 24-hour concierge service and you were assigned wow. a plaid, the people who walk around and escort you to the front of every line. So wow. So you are allowed treatment. to leave the suite then? It's not like an escape room? Well, you're allowed to leave it, but you you aren't allowed to use the park 24-7. It do, the park still right. does close, of course. Got it. Right. Um, so uh, it, that was what happened for the Year of a Million Dreams guests. Um, an overnight stay in the suite was awarded randomly. These days, the room is rarely used, but Disney has used the castle for rewards and sweepstakes from time to time and also to large donator, donators to uh, certain charity events. And for little um, – oh, wait. So where was I? Bop, bop, bop. <laughs> Um, for little ones looking to make a magical princess transformation, the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, also located in the castle, has prov- been providing princess makeovers ever since 2007. So, quite a bit to do in that castle. Right. You can sleep in it, you can get a makeover, you can eat there, you can look at these beautiful handmade glass mosaics. It soars high above. <laughs> so, I think it, this is an easy one. And I rest my case. Okay. Okay. Um, any rebuttals to that? Well, there. I have. I have a lot of general thoughts and questions, but I want to give you a chance to talk to each other. About there is, it, so. in fact, a Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique at Disneyland as well. So you can get your child tarted up on both coasts. Yes. <laughs> tarted. Tarted up. <laughs> tarted. Yes. Yes. In fact, you can. And and who did you say designed Sleeping Beauty or Cinderella Castle? Herb Ryman. Mm-hmm. Well, that was his original outline, but I don't think he actually designed the castle. Oh, according to what I read, he designed it. Well, according Herb Ryman, if you're listening, call in. <laughs> according to what I read, there's like 14 different coats of arms on the castle. So I, I hear what you're saying. And uh, Your Honor, do you have any statements before we argue? 
So I think what it's coming down to for me is so they each kind of do what they're supposed to do for the park that they're in. Um, Cinderella, Cinderella Castle, of course, is much larger. It's much more elaborate and ornate. It's got cooler stuff. That's generally the Walt Disney World advantage, you know, for the most part. The Sleeping Beauty Castle, it's smaller. It's more quaint. It's more intimate. Uh, that's, that's the appeal of Disneyland. So for me, it comes down to kind of do we want a walkthrough or do we want a restaurant? And I don't – that's where I'm kind of torn. So they recently – I think it was 2008, they added a ADA-compliant room where there's a bench and uh, incredibly loud music. Speaking from experience, I had to do a conference call the other day at Disneyland, and I was like, I need a quiet room. And they sent me in there, and it was <laughs> absurdly loud. Mm-hmm. But it's a walkthrough. <laughs> you hear that, Your Honor? A bench. <laughs> and air conditioning. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, Noted. Yeah. Um, did, did Shirley Temple Black ever visit – the Cinderella Castle. Ooh. <laughs> Who cares? Well, she was at the opening. Is that going to change? If, if I go to Disney I World, might. if I go to sleeping, if I go to Disneyland Paris, I don't care if she's been there. I'm okay. talking about okay. my okay. enjoyment of the park today. Right. Okay. And I would also put uh, to you that I don't believe that the uh, wishing well. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the Snow White's yeah. Grotto. We all want to. Oh, careful. Snow White's careful Grotto. Here. Is that really part of the castle? It's the castle courtyard. Hey, I think you don't. Mm. I think that you don't have it without the castle. Indeed. And who doesn't want to go wish in Snow White's Grotto? Let's be honest. We wish for a larger castle. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen someday. I have a question about the yes, time castle. Is it? Cursed. Like, do if we open it early, will like a Pandora's box sort of scenario? Occur? You know that will remain to be seen, but I think we'll wait till the 80th anniversary. Okay, no, it is safer that way. Um, mm-hmm. what's Grotto? I like. I like that. Uh, well, might might we go back and forth and argue points and and judge? You can decide. Yeah, uh, if yeah, it's please. valid point. And Absolutely. Then if it's a valid point by you, then we'll hear a chime mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you'll keep score. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'll start. Sleeping Beauty Castle has a functional drawbridge. That never functions. It functioned twice. It, it, it opened, They opened the Fantasyland Bridge for the children of the world twice. See, the last time was 1983. But it Correct. does function. I have to give the point to Sleeping Beauty Castle. <laughs> Go ahead. Counterpoint. <laughs> Cinderella Castle is 189 feet tall. I... Uh, that is more impressive than Sleeping Beauty Castle, but only by a small amount because the entire but park is bigger. You can use, you, you know, one of the one of the arguments that Jimmy made was that it's the weenie of the park, right? And quite honestly, at this point, Sleeping Beauty Castle has been outsized by many, by even foliage, right? Um, and the Matterhorn, which we discussed. Yep. However, you can see Cinderella Castle from Epcot. Right. No, that is actually a fair point. Then I put that in my notes. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. I accept the point, but you can't see it from Epcot. That's that's a ridiculous statement. <laughs> you can see it from quite a distance, and you can see it from the top of the swan. That is true. Uh, that is true. I, okay. It, which is behind Epcot. The original intent of Sleeping Beauty Castle being the weenie and the focal point, and you can see it from everywhere, is no longer the case. And I, I accept right. that argument. So point to Cinderella Castle. Woo! <laughs> I think the, the largest point here is that at no time in the history of Disneyland has the castle ever been a giant cake. <laughs> 
<laughs> there is no counterpoint. Well, uh, at no point in its history has uh, Cinderella Castle been used as a toilet for <laughs> wild cats. Well, hold on a second. Did I get a point for that or not? Oh, I think yes. No, because I, think- I just negated. <laughs> okay, uh, I would say if you could eat the cake, it would be a point for Cinderella. But the cats are now serving the community. They have little badges. Um, <laughs> I would say point for some, uh, for Sleeping Beauty Castle on that. Sweet. Go ahead, Jeremy. So, And Cinderella doesn't get anything for not being uh, a litter box? <laughs> it's no longer a litter box. Yeah, it's it's uh, the Sleeping Beauty Castle is no longer a litter box. It's, no, it's also no longer a cake. I'm going to go with Sleeping Beauty. All right, go ahead, Jeremy. Okay. The castle can be slept in in a gorgeous suite. Can be. And I called Walt Disney World to find out if, say, an eccentric millionaire wanted to pay to have Donald Duck specifically tuck them in. And I got sent to another number that I will call between now and the next episode. Wonderful. Um, (laughs) The police department. Yeah, the way I described it didn't really do me any favors. Um, you can sleep in there. Uh, yeah, I, you one would argue that you could sleep in Sleep Beauty Castle <laughs> as well, but not for the right amount of money, or illegally, or in a bed. Uh, so, point for Cinderella on that. Are you adding up these points? Because I'm just making noise. I'm. Uh, I should maybe. Oh. Let's see. Where, where are we at? Oh God! What even, kind right? of a judge is this? He's not adding up the points. <laughs> I'm a very bad one. I'm a terrible judge. Uh, well, they, you know, this is the legit. So <laughs> you hung out with me, you know. To be fair, I'm here for a mistrial. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, though. Anyone can walk through or sit on a bench through. Sleeping Beauty Castle, but not anyone can sleep in Cinderella Castle. It's more exclusive. No, but okay. I see what I see your point, but I really think that Cinderella Castle, this is a point in favor for them, for her, for it, for all of us. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. If the dream suite in Disneyland were located in Sleeping Beauty Castle, would you be arguing for it? Right. If the dream suite was in Sleeping Beauty, yes, I would. There you go. To be fair, it wouldn't fit. That is true. It'd be the right. entire castle. Because <laughs> that castle's too small. <laughs> the studio apartment. It's a boutique castle. It's like a boutique hotel. It's a very Here's magical your bunk one. bed. Enjoy. <laughs> it's like a trailer dangling from the side. <laughs> Look out, Tiny. My trailer hangs here now. <laughs> With all of Tiny's old uh, wares. Um Holy. So how many points are we at here now? Because I've I got. I a feel lot like more. it's even. <laughs> All right, fine. So let's say we're even at three. Listeners at home, scream at your radio. Yeah, please. I, radio. We'll, we'll hear it. Um, <laughs> let me think. So uh, Sleeping Beauty Castle is rich in story. A lot of things at Disneyland are. I'm curious. I'm trying to figure out if all the fireworks stuff really counts in favor of the castle itself, or just in favor of fireworks. Always in favor of fireworks, but that is true of both parks, so I, I will dismiss that. Okay. Except that Disneyland does not have fireworks every night of the year because of local ordinances, and Magic Kingdom does. So if you want to watch fireworks in front of a castle, you're guaranteed to see them in Orlando. If it's not hurricane season. Yeah, but that's, that's it's only partially Cinderella's fault. 
that okay. Um, yeah, well, they so, would cancel them for an earthquake or high winds and Anna, the Santa Ana winds as well. So, so I think okay. So <laughs> it's a fair point. I think the fireworks. Uh, Cinderella gets a point for the firework. Being able to see it. Um, uh, Hong Kong being identical does lean me towards Sleeping Beauty Castle a little bit. Not ultimately, but maybe in a point direction. Either one of you. In fairness, Cinderella Castle is identical in Hong Kong. Or excuse me, in uh, Tokyo. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, good. Objection. Okay. What? Cinderella Castle in Tokyo Disneyland is not identical. It is shorter. <laughs> it has additional turrets <laughs> in the forecourt. And also, Hong Kong Disneyland's castle is no longer identical to sleep- to Disneyland's true. because they are adding it because they've decided that taller is better. So they're making it taller. Mm. It, is a, it is a princess monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> it's ghastly. You should look it up. <laughs> um, All right. Okay. So Snow White's Grotto. I see what you're going for in several ways and i approve of all of it i love snow white's grotto i admit that i am biased i admit uh, but the forest perspective is so good there i mean when you brought that up i had forgotten that they were the same size in my mind they are she's 100 she's like towering over those dwarves jeremy you got anything there i don't have anything against that other than i don't believe it's a part of the castle okay does the castle have something – does Cinderella's castle have something about it that is similar, like a similar feature that operates in a similar way? I don't believe that it does. I don't think that there is a – there's a grotto sort of thing. I mean there's a viewing stand, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that. Well, here's what Cinderella castle does have is it has a giant stage. So you can't take good pictures of the castle because it's a giant <laughs> stage. You can't even walk through the castle half the day. But on that giant stage is the ability to uh, perform – shows that you just you just made a point for Cinderella Castle, I think. Yes, thank you very much. We have stage shows. But <laughs> we have a grotto. <laughs> you have a grotto. So right and now And I can take pictures of the castle. It's a beautiful entrance statement. It always looks the same. Right, right, right. The castle itself though looks the same at Disney World. It's just sometimes there's a show in front of it. I guess. <laughs> so you got a point for the grotto and that made it even, but the stage shows Put Cinderella ahead again. Oh, all right. I was gonna. I was. I was gonna leave this away. I was gonna. Let's get ugly. Let it, I'm doing it. <laughs> well, well, let's Walt go. Let's go. Freaking Disney walked through that. Castle. Okay. All right. What you got, Jeremy? What you got? Mm, yeah. I guess. I guess that's a point four. It doesn't really change. It doesn't now. really. I guess the thing for me is that doesn't change the experience of going there for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, Walt could have been there, Walt could not have been there. It doesn't really change much. It's still, it's still, it doesn't change the, what I can do in the castle. It doesn't change the look of the castle. It's, that's just a, a piece of lore, you know, a piece of history that's kind of interesting, but I'm not sure that that makes, I don't know, that doesn't change my enjoyment hmm. as a guest. Maybe it, maybe it does to some people. Well, but I, it would for a guest, you know, at Disneyland, knowing that this revered person had physically touched and walked through the area. I think that's, it's the ultimate, you know, I don't know, it's maybe the ultimate win and ultimate point for Disneyland is, is the actual presence and touch. Um, yeah, I don't know. But how 
how much has it changed since he touched it? I mean, really not at all, other than overlay. Mm, I don't know. I That's a hard one for me. I get what you're saying, and there are times that this might be one of the few times that that could mean something. Yanni has performed in front of the Cinderella Castle. <laughs> get out of here. Point for Cinderella. Point for Cinderella oh Castle. Oh, God. <laughs> Objection. Boredom. <laughs> Overruled. I told you I'm a bad judge. <laughs> I mean, I guess if the, if you, I mean, it's up to the judge. The judge can decide. Um, I mean, it's not. It, yeah, th- this is up to the judge. I I have to yield to the floor. All right. Uh, this is really tough. I. Th- this is one of the few times that I would be inclined to say that Walt touching it matters. But I don't know by how much. I think it's it's like maybe half a point. I don't. I don't. It's like. It was built first. It was built at the time that Walt Disney was alive. So I'm more inclined to care about something like that for something like Pirates of the Caribbean, where you you it's part of the narrative of the actual building of the thing. I'm going to go neutral on that. Oh, boy. All right. What about the time capsule? If it, Buried treasures of decades Okay. Past. Well, if you put it like that, if you put it like that, buried treasure, I always like buried treasure. Um, hmm. But it's online. Like it doesn't matter <laughs> if if it truly was a mystery. If it truly was a buried treasure, and by the way, if it was actually cursed, then easy clear point. But I don't really care because you can you. I can open up the ca- the time capsule or sorry time castle. You know what? No point because they talk. They called it a time <laughs> castle, and that's stupid. <laughs> oh jeez. Fine, fine. All right, so. From concept to built in less than mm-hmm. two years. It was an idea in a man's head. He had another guy draw it. And two years mm-hmm. later, it was built mm-hmm. and open to the public. That's just how construction works, though. From concept to physical building in less than two years is not how construction works. I don't know. <laughs> Especially Look, I saw the sped-up video. It <laughs> 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 According to their own propaganda, it took five minutes. Yeah, and I think the downside of that hasty construction is what they ultimately realized was that it wasn't ADA compliant. It wasn't. It wasn't built to handle the what it, you know really what it was meant for because they slapped it together so fast. Unfortunately, so um, yes, uh, quick and shoddy is not necessarily better. Well, <laughs> the ADA did not exist at that time. However, however, I'm going to give you the point for going dirty on that. <laughs> Jimmy is furiously typing into that phone. That's how this podcast should be. (laughs) All right. How about the bold confidence of Walt Disney naming a thing Sleeping Beauty Castle before the movie was even drawn? Before the movie was even made, he was calling it Sleeping Beauty Castle. Just a genius at marketeer. And that's bold. Hey, guys, here's a castle for a movie you never heard of. Enjoy. Right. Right. It's bold, it's daring, and it definitely set a precedent for how the company went forward. But, like, I've seen some of those videos where he's touring things with, like, one of the plaids. He could have been referring to one of the employees of Sleeping Beauty, based on how some of those videos go. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Tencennial. Sleeping Beauty, and then there's a castle. (laughs) Um... 
I think since Sleeping Beauty is currently getting shat upon a little bit, sure, I'll give it a point for that. Oh, boy. Okay. What about that uh, Sleeping Beauty uh, Cinderella Castle has a restaurant in which you can dine and enjoy yourself while looking over Fantasyland through gorgeous, clear, and stained glass windows? Mm. Okay. So that's an experience that it is, cannot it is. be. Uh, duplicated and also is available to everyone unlike the limited capacity of the suite that's more of a sit through than a walk through <laughs> and you kind of have to move money from switzerland to afford well, to eat there here's okay so my initial hesitation against the restaurant was that it is so expensive it is so exclusive and being the you know diehard leftist that i am I had an issue with that. However, the way you describe it is you are just watching over the the peons in your empire while you're dining on roasted whatever. And I think that that is kind of wonderful. It's also I, not a, that pricey of a restaurant. I think you guys are – like think of – it's not it's not the price range of California Grill. It's not the price range of Victorian Alberts. It's – it's like, and you can use dining plan there. So I'm not sure that it's that exclusive. Right. But I... Roasted something is, is one of the best. <laughs> roasted something. <laughs> roasted something? Yeah. I hope it's not. Roasted cat. That's what they'd have over there. <laughs> <laughs> so... Damn you. I say point for the uh, aristocratic, uh, feudal, you know, <laughs> everything... Don't you mean aristocratic? aristocratic? Yes. Uh, everything that I hate about the world outside of the parks, I think works in its favor inside the park. I love the walkthrough. I think it's great. I want roasted something, so point Cinderella. I don't even know you. I feel I'm Who kind of you? feeling the same way about myself, to be honest. So what's yeah. the point tally right now? Uh, Cinderella's like three ahead. Well, I have one more. Hmm. We didn't really talk oh. about the Italian glass mosaics that adorn the breezeway between the hub and uh, Fantasyland, which is really quite a work of art and took a lot of skilled labor. And uh, I think it's very nice to walk through. <laughs> so here's what I would counter there is the I get it and it's beautiful and it's well done. But walking through and seeing the entire story scene by scene, I think is a more impactful. There's music and I can go through it. Any time of day when there's not a show running. Absolutely, but minutes. this is really more encounter to that grotto, which is about five <laughs> seconds of looking as well. I, so if you're I, counting I, that grotto, I've this spent is way the, more time. The point for that, I've spent way more time in Snow White's grotto than just five seconds. I yeah. Well, we don't want to know what you were doing in there. <laughs> <laughs> Wishing well, baby. I, look, I do love the grotto, and I know how that sounds. I bet I. I love it. I, the, honestly, the stained glass never mm, – I never got anything from it, but I don't think I ever really took time to engage with it. Um, if we're going to if we're gonna count that as walkthrough versus walkthrough, I think the point goes to Sleeping Beauty. Yes. But you're already kind of ahead. Don't stand around. Jimmy, what else you got over there? What's in the hopper? Because I'm feeling like you're getting a little weak here with some of these. So I'm a, I'm a little I'm getting comfy with my league my my league to be honest with you. Jeremy's tasting blood in the water here. <laughs> yeah, I was all I have left is the uh, is the coat of arms, which I can't actually prove is Disney's coat of arms. So 
I, I think I might have to concede. I think I might have to concede, but Dan, we'll, we'll leave it to no, you. No, honestly, I went into this um, really thinking that I would automatically go with Sleeping Beauty Castle because it does have that iconic nature to it. It was the first castle. Walt did touch it. All of those things. But considering how that the things that it was supposed to do at Disneyland, that it does at Disneyland, Cinderella Castle does all of those things better given the Magic Kingdom size and layout. It, it's it's a better redo. I think it's 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 um I think it's the winner. I think Cinderella Castle is uh it's the supreme feature. <sighs> wow. Well here's what I'll say. It is incredibly impactful. You walk into that place and it just it's it's overwhelming. We my wife and I got married at the the Grand Floridian where the altar is framed in stained glass. It frames the castle. It's just gorgeous, and it, it's it's very powerful. Coming around on the People Mover, which still exists, <laughs> coming around the corner in Tomorrowland, you can see it. It's just so striking. It's just gorgeous. So I I, I understand and agree with everything that, that well, your verdict. I, I, I think Cinderella Castle. It is imposing. It is intimidating, and I honestly have issue with it coming from uh, Main Street looking up. It's kind of like. Okay, I get it. It's a big castle. It's kind of it is imposing. It it is overkill. It's like these giant these overlords have overtaken this uh uh turn of the century uh town or something. But from every other part of the park, it 100% functions the way it sh- it's supposed to function without having that like slightly terrifying edge to it. So, it's a net positive. Right. Yeah, all right. So, we agree that Sleep Cinderella Castle at Walt Disney World is the superior yes. castle. And that is now 100% mm-hmm. gospel. Will not be argued again. By, Cinderella not Castle argued is by the best anyone castle. anywhere. There will no Bill, there'll be no appeals. <coughs> no appeal. That's right. This is the supreme. Right, yeah. You're welcome resort. everyone. We figured it out. Yeah. Yes. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed a little Little facts, little fun, little history, a little banter, and hopefully you all agree. It you know, would be our interesting is if they could, Unfort- if people would um, contact us and let us know what they think. You know, is there any feedback? Do people have other points of view that we missed? It would be kind of interesting to hear what That's other people point. say. We're never going to change our verdict because I'm right, but it will be nice to know what other people think. <laughs> right, and we have a Twitter up. It's uh, at the Supreme Resort on Twitter. Uh, it's currently a wasteland, but that's going to change. Uh, so if you agree with Jeremy, let's do hashtag uh, cat piss. And, <laughs> and if you agree with Jimmy, let's do hashtag give me that grotto. <laughs> that's G-I-M-M-I-E-T-H-A-T. <laughs> or you'll just be the G-O-T-H-A-T. only people tweeting at us and we'll know what you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, I, I think that does it for today's episode, everybody. Unfortunately, because of time constraints, our guest Stacy from Must Do Disney will have to be uh, pushed until next time. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry Stacy. got bumped. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. We'll try to get her back on next time. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to the Supreme Resort Land V World, where we have decided that Cinderella Castle is the Supreme Castle. Join us next time as we go head-to-head with the two more attractions, World of Color versus Illuminations. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye.